This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm trying to think of one other thing because I know we only got a couple of minutes left here, but I'm just trying to think about, is there anything? Now, we did just find Barry, as I said. I mean, I shouldn't say we found Barry. We knew about it before. We just never watched it for some reason. We've watched four episodes now. It's very, very good. Quite entertaining. Henry Winkler, as you said, won the Emmy for it. Are there another couple of things out there we should be watching? Uh, I feel, you know, I need to start keeping a running list because I feel like I recommend to you and you keep forgetting. So I'm like, and I keep forgetting. So I need to keep a running list of like, did you see this? Did you see this? But winning time, White Lotus. Our listeners have asked for that too. They want a list from you of like top shows and stuff. So I think it'd be fun if we created like a go-to spot that they can see a list of this is what you should watch. Good idea. If you're looking for an upper or a downer or yeah. A, yeah. Yep. Yeah, remember back in the day at Blockbuster, they would always have employees picks. Yeah. Yep, yeah, they did. We should have they a did, Tom yeah. Bernard show. Yeah, employees picks. Yeah, and Tim picks. Lammers can add to it, too. And Whoa, pump um, the brakes there, sister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was not invited. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. <laughs> but also, um, I was just going to say, in based on a true story, which I watched over the weekend, I got a lot of feedback from your listeners that they loved that with Kaylee Cuoco, who I know is not your favorite. <laughs> she no, was a teen. I- yeah, she was a little teen when but I saw it. But it's a really cute show. It's it's an easy, breezy, like, eight episode, 30 minutes each type of series that you can, like, blow right through. And it looks like they're going to get a season two from the way they left the cliffhanger. So, Okay, I got to ask a question because it just popped in my head just now. And this is for our listeners as well who are staying in contact with Brittany over there. Um, do you have an opinion of the worst TV series you've ever seen? That just popped mm-hmm. into my head, and I, was, I can't really think of one yet, but the worst TV series you've ever seen. ALF was, was pretty bad, ALF. ALF was terrible. Yeah, there were a lot of 80s things that yes. you'd be like, small wonder. Small like, wonder, I sit back yeah. and think, like, all the random, like, syndicated shows that popped on yeah. um, that were just, like, you go back and you watch them, and you're like, how did I find this entertaining? Because they were really corny. Mm-hmm. Um, not even, like, clever or and they always had like the precocious kid actors yeah i think that they've moved away from it's not really a style that you see an acting style you see anymore in like 2023 but seventh heaven was yes that might be the worst that might be that one oh what was oh, that all about? It was this uh, this guy who was a preacher. He was, and he was married to this blonde woman who was also very pious esque. And they had seven kids, and it was always like a life lesson. But the the storylines were just crazy. It was like. One of the kids gets an earring and decides that his friend is a meth dealer. So she's bring him. The dad gets involved and tells the meth dealer a story and brings him like what his life could be, and you know, and Jeez. brings. It's just the weirdest story, and that was on all the time, just casually. Seventh and the crazy been? thing is that the actor who played the preacher in real life yeah. was involved in a child sexual abuse oh, case. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And so it you won't. It's hard to find on. Streaming. I'm sure it's out there somewhere, but um, the, it got yanked, I know, for several years based off of that. And it was his ex-wife, I think, who turned him in yeah, um, because they had gone through therapy and things like that, or they were divorcing at the time. But there is, a, if you go onto TikTok and you go on like seventh heaven talk, if you like actually plug that into the hashtag, you will see people breaking down some oh. of the old episodes and yes. how unhinged yes. and like who was writing this and... I loved Seventh Heaven when it was on, though. I was watching it all the time because it was so addicting. It was crazy. Yeah. They did a musical episode, too, and nobody could sing. I mean, it was a mess. It was just a hot mess. (laughs) That might be the worst. I think you're right, Britt. Yeah, it's really bad. We got some listeners out there just sent in the name of it. I've never even – I don't think – you know, maybe I have heard of it, but I don't remember it. Apparently, it only lasted for one, maybe two episodes – was called the Tammy Grimes Show. Have you ever heard of that? Hmm. Tammy no. Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S, I guess. Tammy Grimes. It was a talk show. I think it only lasted like one episode <laughs> or maybe it's two. It's bad when you get one episode. Yeah, that's not good when you only get one shot and it blows up in your face. It was uh, four episodes altogether. Oh, was it all the yep. Did they all make the air? Uh, 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 let's see. Four airs. <laughs> 1966. Yeah. 1966, the Tammy Grimes show. Tammy Grimes. We had a listener write in, too. 
uh, Max Headroom. Oh, I remember. Yeah, Max. Oh, Max yeah, Max, Max Headroom. Yeah. Well, that, he started out from a commercial, if I'm correct, and Pepsi. then yes. it turned into a TV yep. series. Yep. Who did that again? There was somebody famous that did the voice of that. It wasn't his name Max Headroom? Yes. Yeah. The no, cartoon. Right. He was a cartoon, wasn't he? Uh, I believe uh, the... Matt Fuhrer? That sounds right, sure. Uh, but yeah, I believe Pepsi is where he originated from. And then they mm-hmm. get... Yeah, because he was basically a talking head on a television. Right. Correct. Yeah. Right. Like maybe a computer graphics sort of. Yeah. And you think like... It's funny because it's Ted Lasso was also made from a commercial, so it's kind of funny because you, you can go either way with it. Where you go, why would you take something from a commercial and make a new show? Mm-hmm. And then also we had the Caveman show as well, or the uh, Geico, Geico oh, yeah, Cave People, right. or whatever. Um, yeah, certain ones make sense. Like to me, Ted Lasso makes sense because you can give him like a three D, like full life, yeah. lots of layers. Max Headroom, I, I don't know how you give like a guy in a TV like. A, a real life. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. All right, sister, get back to work or go back to bed. Whatever you need to do. I got to go back to work. <laughs> you do? What are you working on today? Anything good? Uh, yeah. Well, I have a bunch of articles to write. Um, I will see you on The Family. Yes, and today's The Family. Also, yep. And then I'm headed to the studio to do a segment on, for um, 50 Inside, which is an entertainment show in France. Uh, Ooh. On- Ooh. Ooh. la la. On the whole scandal between Natalie Portman and her husband, Benjamin Millepied, because guess what? He's having an affair. Very French. Do you know that anybody doesn't bang everybody in sight, for Christ's sake? Yeah, there are there are plenty of people. Honestly, it's just that the <laughs> she takes that yeah. seriously. I, I like that. that. I honestly think people are fascinated by infidelity, and I think that it it's what captures the headlines. So if you have an affair and you don't want to get caught, you should probably end it right now because right now that is like the topic du jour. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Yeah. All right, well, try not to have an affair before the uh, family show. I will do my best. I'll see you soon. Thank you. We'll talk to you <laughs> later. we got to take a break. Be right back. Chris Eggert, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, will join us right after this. I'm um, just now approaching the end of my 60 days, as I know, as you know, I should say. Uh, I did complete the 60 days weight loss program uh, with Minnesota MN Fat Loss, of course. MNFatLoss.com. I've lost over 25 pounds. I feel fantastic, and that's very true. As a matter of fact, I played golf and ran yesterday, so I, got a, I think I got a total of about seven or eight miles in. Getting just around the corner. Here's the big deal. I've lost 25 pounds. I feel fantastic. Getting around is just a lot easier. My clothes fit better. There just really isn't a a downside to losing the weight. You know that. Now I'll be going into the maintenance phase of the MN Fat Loss Program, adding in a few more food choices to the mix. I've loved the program so much that I'm planning to go back on the weight loss program with the goal of lose another 25, maybe even 30 more pounds. That would be great. You will absolutely be able to lose weight like I've done and still enjoy the foods you love this summer. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, just like I'm doing, that's about a pound of fat every day. No exercise required. Schedule your free consultation. Go to mnfatloss.com. That is mnfatloss.com. Results may vary. Be sure to tell them the team at mnfatloss.com that Tom Bernard sent you. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, joined by Chris Eggert from Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Any big headlines this morning, Chris? Uh, kids gone wild. You mean up in Brooklyn Park? Uh, all over the place. Uh, there, a bunch of kids uh, got in trouble last night, also in St. Paul, uh, for a graduation ceremony. Like two to three hundred of them apparently came in late 
and uh, sort of being disruptive. And uh, there was a whole kerfuffle thing going on. So, yeah, uh, the kids are going wild everywhere. And you know why that is, of course. Let's hear it. Well, because the national, not the local, but the national news is inspiring everyone to be the biggest asshole they possibly can be. You think those kids are watching the news? I do indeed. <laughs> or their mom and dad are watching the news. They don't give a rat's ass about any of that stuff. No, I, it's literally everyone thinks right now they can do whatever they wish to do. And we talked about this briefly yesterday. Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably true. Yeah, everybody thinks, I'll do whatever the hell I want to do. Well, I'm sorry, but that ain't going to work in a lot of places. And I really don't understand why every time you get together, you gather uh, with the meaning of uh, like a joyful uh, salute to somebody's graduation or whatever, that you got to start fistfights and you got to get violent. Really? That is so crazy. It's insane. I know. I know. But not all kids are getting in fights. No, not all, but hundreds of them are. Not all kids are disrupting their graduation. (laughs) (laughs) Only several hundred. Not all kids are doing bad stuff. But yeah, that's, I mean, you can definitely tell it's summer. That stuff's going on. I, I, I mean, that's three days in a row I've had some kind of story about something, you know, the youth gone wild. Plus, I just want to reference that fantastic Skid Row song, Youth Gone Wild. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that. Did I never went through anything even close to that. To get in slug fests of 150 people or what the hell? Why, wouldn't you just get up and go, I don't want to be here right now and wander off? Yeah. I, I mean, I was afraid to like just, I don't know, though. I, it's, you're, it's a different world. That's for sure. Well, it is. But I mean, look, it's not just the national news either. It's politicians. All they do is spew hatred now. Uh, They're teaching our children to become very violent and very unhappy. It's sad. You know what they should do is join a walking club. I agree. You horn What You can't get in any trouble if you're trying to get your steps in. Uh, Yesterday, I really dropped the ball. I didn't get all my steps in. I'm pretty embarrassed. I'm going to make up for it today. Mm -hmm. But speaking of resilient kids, can we talk about the four kids that got in a plane crash in the Amazon and survived? I know. that, That it almost doesn't even seem like that's a real thing that happened. That's a crazy story. Also, that 13-year-old who basically kept that baby alive, now she's always going to be on the hook to babysit. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I sit and go, oh, I, I have trouble keeping my own kid alive who's that around that age, and I have all the things. And she was in the Amazon and kept an 11-month-year-old alive yeah. for 11-month-year-old. 40... I knew <laughs> she 11 was month, Well, 11-month-old for, for 40 days, mm-hmm. Tom. That's crazy. In the Amazon. That's a wild story. Who hasn't done that? That's true. Yeah, we've all been through that, haven't we? Tom's car broke down on Highway 5 one time. He got himself all the way back to his house. I had to call like two people. Which is exhausting. Yeah. It's really exhausting. There's no question about it. So how long were they in the Amazon? 40 days. 40 days? Jesus. Was it toasty? They not only did the plane crash and all the adults died, the mom took like three days to die. So the four kids were with her and then she died. And then what they would do is they'd they'd like go in the trunks of trees at night. Oh, yeah. But if anyone has been around a baby, they cry all the time at night. And so it's like the most vulnerable noise for all these animals around the Mm -hmm. Amazon. Mm -hmm. And they made it for 40 days. What did they eat? Um, they, they, the 13 year old had some knowledge of what to eat in the Amazon. And I think they had like Ooh, that's good. a bag of flour, some fruit and like, that's it. Fruit and a flower. Hey kids, you want some more fruit and flour for yeah. dinner? Yeah. Yeah, baby. The photos of them, I mean, they're very skinny, but I cannot believe the 11 month old. Do they know how they survived the crash when everybody else died? No, they don't know a lot of the details yet, but they're still coming out with it. It's just a wild story. It's a hell of a story. Yeah. No doubt about that. If you know what I'm saying. How long before that movie comes out? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say. Mm-hmm. That, um, and that makes me think about all those um, miners that were trapped. Like, People get into these situations where you think it's sort of an unsurvivable thing, and then mm-hmm. when they walk away from it, it it's almost like it's it's not even a real thing. I mean, yeah. Can you imagine that being trapped in a mine? 
in complete darkness. What about my helmet? What's that? What about my helmet with the lantern on it? I think the helmet lantern runs out after a certain amount of days. I am not a miner. I do not have a mining background. <laughs> what? I know. I know. It seems crazy. Good Straight God. from the coal fields of South Dakota. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's very, very sad. So how many people did die in the plane crash? Um, I can't remember how many. I th- like three, uh, three adults? I thought three. Three altogether, yeah. yeah. So what kind of, it was a light plane? Yeah, it was yeah. a Cessna. Is that how you say it? Something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, what a horrible thing to go through. Because you know. know you're dying. When a plane starts going down, you know you got a problem. That's what's so wild that these kids survived. I know. It's I, amazing. It's just layers in that they never gave up and they found them. I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. Do you think maybe one of the kids is the one who shifted her into reverse and made the plane crash okay, anyway? Okay, calm down. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I don't know why yeah. you want to blame the kids. I think yeah. it was their yeah. fault. If Dad didn't have to turn around and be like, I will turn this plane right, right. around. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly yeah. right on the money, mm-hmm. right there. You little bastards. Don't make me come back there. Oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> exactly. I've never even been in. I've had planes drop several thousand feet when we're in the air, but I've never even been close to it plane crash. You guys ever been involved in anything like that? No. Not an actual crash, but something that said we have to be careful or something like that? No, I remember I was on a bumpy flight back from New York once, and it was it was bumpy, and there was like a storm going on, and I just remember this girl scream crying that, I don't want to die! Yeah. Oh, God! And I just kept thinking, Thank like, you. does she think we do? Like, I couldn't get that out of my head of going, does she say, like, why does she have to verbalize that? Like, I just mm-hmm. could not get my wrap my head around her screaming that. Yeah, but, that was that was the bumpiest flight I'd ever taken back was from New York. Right when we had taken off and the woman sitting next to me, I mean, the plane was... It was jarring all over the place. Yeah, it yeah. was the worst turbulence I've ever experienced. And this woman was like, Jesus Christ. And she was hanging on, white knuckling the whole time. I had bombed terribly at a sold-out theater like 12 hours before this flight. And I was like, this plane can crash. I don't want to live. I'm ready to die. I don't want to face life. Please let this plane go down. God, I was trying to think, is that because of the Great Lakes, the turbulence over the Great Lakes and all that? Is that what that problem is? I'm not sure, but yeah, we had a lot of those like really dramatic drops where yeah. you drop and like everything goes oh, up. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's funny, I never had my head until she started bringing in the option of death. Like my head was never like, are we going to make it? It was more like, ugh, this is kind of yeah. bumpy. I, I don't know, because we left Newark. And I don't know if you've ever been oh, in New York. Yeah. It's pretty dirty. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. the trash is what was causing that turbulence. Could be. <laughs> yeah, Newark was an interesting airport. There's no doubt about uh-huh. that. But I, yeah, I don't remember though, because I used to fly back and forth from New York all the time, and I don't remember it being all that bumpy. But maybe I just forgot. Mm. Probably that was a long time ago, actually. So, yeah, that uh, I used to care much more about that than I do now. I think you get to a certain point in life is like, eh, what the hell if it crashes? What's the difference? Right? I'll never know it crashed after about three minutes. Yeah, I, the first 10 seconds would suck during that, that crash. Not but be after good. that, whatever. Yep. Yeah, would not no be deal. good. Mm-hmm. I, I can't fly anymore without being... Did you guys see that movie with Denzel Washington when he was the drunk pilot? Yeah. Dude, that ruined flying for me. <laughs> like, it's still... That, that movie pilot. is disturbing. Do you want eyes on pilot or do you just... I don't know, but the freaking the it was the very beginning, right? Like yeah. uh, that scene, man. Like it is intense, yeah. well done. Like to make you feel that way, and yet I don't know how many years that movie came out, and I still like can't get on a plane without thinking about that. That was a good movie. What is it called? And then, and then I'm like, why didn't I become what? a pilot? Yeah, I think it's. Flight pilot, something like that. Flight. But, but yeah, yeah. He, but he turns the yeah, plane upside down, Tom. Why? Why? To save everybody, apparently. I was like, that's the move no, that you chose? He's, he's wasted. Yeah. He's wasted. Yeah. So he's a wasted pilot. The whole movie starts, and it, like, starts with, you don't know what he is. Yeah. It starts with him and this woman. And he does, like, a line of Coke and d- drinks some, you know, vodka and is, like, making with this lady. And then he freaking gets dressed and walks and gets on the plane and flies the yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. He's yeah. messed up. But then he realizes he makes a big mistake, and then he turns the plane upside down. That happens in the movie. Am I just making that up? 
I, I think so. I think yeah. so, but I don't think it's in the... I think he's just so messed up, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of this movie. What's it called? Flight. It's called Flight. Yeah, it's good. He does a good job well, in it. He's good, yeah. Um, it's like a big alcoholism movie, right? Like, yeah. that to me is what... Like, it's one of those movies where you're just like... It's a... Uh, it, what was that? Um, it wasn't glamorizing it at all. Like, yeah, yeah not at it's all. not like it's the rock very, star lifestyle. It's like this is how bleak yeah. it can get. Kind of had like a leaving Las Vegas kind of like alcoholism take on it. So, yeah, man, and, and John Goodman plays the drug dealer. Is that right? John Goodman shows up like when he has to go do the dissertation in front of like yeah. the council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John yeah. Co- he's so wasted. John Goodman shows up with like a big thing of cocaine and sticks it in front of him and is like, this will get you to normal. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know if it's going to get you to normal, man. You're just going to yeah. go further down the deep end. I don't, yeah, that, that was, I don't know if there's too many uppers that'll get him back. But yeah, he had to go into court, like you said. And yeah. it, like, the whole thing was a good movie, but I could see how you would be. T- so you, you do fly though, right, Chris? I mean, I don't get to that much anymore, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I will. It's not. I'm. I'm. It's not like that. But okay. Tom, when you were when things were like, you know, uh, kicking at the height of stuff for you and money and influence and whatnot, did you fly privately? I have no answer for that question. <laughs> you don't want to start bringing up private flying. People do not like that at all. Well, I was just—I was just curious because um, not not much actually. I just see back in the day, the big difference was before the internet. You used to have, if I had to go to New York, I went to New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, yeah. Dallas. Where you had to fly wherever you were going to cut those commercials. You couldn't just—I mean, obviously, I could sit here and do every damn one of them today. But you had to fly all over the United States to get that done. And some of that was a massive pain in the ass. So once in a while, yes, I would have to fly private. That is Well, true. that's what I was wondering. Yep, I mean, like, you true. got a movie studio and stuff, and they want yep. you there to, to cut that trailer. Like, they're, they're going to get it done, and they're going to get you there as soon as possible, right? Yes. I did. Are you asking me this because a bunch of people sent me the movie trailer to At Close Range again? No, Some no. People I find I, that just, movie. I don't know why, but then they send, "Hey, look, this sounds like you." Well, there's a reason for that. <laughs> You're like, "Yep, it is me." God, I used to do a lot of movie trailers. A lot. I used to do tons of those, but that was God. That was a long time ago. It was before KQ, actually. Yeah. They don't do movie trailers anymore, which kind of pisses me off. I loved movie trailers. I'm. Sh- that's cool, man. What a. I, that's like the coolest gig. Let me think about that and get back to you. <laughs> well, was, I mean, I no, am- it was great. I imagine it is. I always like. I always think it'd be like really cool to be like travel guy. Like, hey, I'm traveling. I'm going here, there. But anybody it who was, has to travel a lot was, says yeah. it's also like very, you know, it's not easy either, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends if you have to do quick turnarounds. Those are a bitch. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no doubt about that. There's no question about it. But yeah, flying into like Atlanta, I used to love to go. To, I can. Is it Ike's Bar there uh, by the term Terminex building or whatever the hell it's called? God, there's a there's a bar. It's been there for 125 years, and I can't. I think it's Ike's Bar, but I, I'm not sure. But you would get to go to places like that, and that made it even better. So you'd go and you'd work, you bust your ass, and then you go, hey, let's go have a little dinner, and you go to these really wonderful places in town. That 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 I enjoyed a lot. That was great. You know. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I don't. Yeah. I've never spent a lot of time in Atlanta. Great town. Yeah, really. Great. Oh. Buckhead's magnificent. Okay. Really. Really great. The people are very, very nice. I mean, they're, again, you don't want to piss anybody off in Atlanta because they don't put up with a lot of that. But, no, I, I enjoyed my time in Atlanta. It was fantastic. Except for going to visit Cumulus. I didn't care for that part. <laughs> that part of going to Atlanta I did not care for, i got to be honest with you. Yeah, that's funny you say that because they offered me a night job in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And wouldn't fly me down to come, like, see the place. What? Wouldn't, wouldn't let me come and see it. They wouldn't negotiate on money. And it was right after, you know, they had the big 93X, everybody got canned type of thing. And they were like, well, why don't you come down? And here's the deal. You're going to make extra money because you're going to voice track. You'll be in Atlanta, but you'll voice track other cities like Houston, New Orleans, maybe even Minneapolis. Yeah. I said, well, then why don't you just keep me in Minneapolis and I'll <laughs> voice track Atlanta? And they go, well, it doesn't work like that. Why they were going to pay me $35,000 a year to move my entire family what? down to, to Atlanta. Atlanta. Hey. To do the night gig, and I said, I, I hate to tell you this, bud, 
I am making double that selling couches in a mall right yeah, now. There you go. And then yes. on yeah. top of it, have support of, from your family to watch your kiddo. How dumb. It's just wild <laughs> to think that you were going to make that move. Yes. Silly. So it's like the old days for radio. Mm -hmm. They're back to that where nobody makes any money anymore. Sure. Yeah. Nice touch. Yeah. We're going to keep it all because we're a hedge fund. Okay, good for you. Yeah. I'm happy. I made uh, like $7,000 a year on my first radio job. There you go, yeah. baby. Greg, well, Crushing it. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know. But it was at KSTP, so I wouldn't tell you anyway. 1,500 KSTP, baby. Trade secrets. What's it now? ESPN Radio? Isn't that what it is now? Score North. Score North. Oh, the whole channel's called Score North now? Technically, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I had yeah. no idea. Yep. Yeah. I believe they still have the AM signal just in case the world goes to shit and we need to send a signal over to yeah. Europe. But yep. other than hey, that... I listen, to the, I listen to the AM because they carry St. Thomas football games. Oh. So on Saturdays, I'm all about the old uh, Score North. Mm -hmm. Who, who uh, does the announcing for that then? That's impressive. Because they must know all the kiddos' names. I always, because we watch a lot of that um, from my niece and nephew up in Pine River Bacchus. We watch them on YouTube. And it blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. Not only do they know the names, but they're like, fun fact, his parent, you know, his dad was also great. You know, it's just, I just, they're actually really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that, have you guys ever done, like, play-by-play uh, -play or anything like that in your careers? I did as, as a guest, not ever professionally. Yeah. <clears throat> what did what, what'd you call it, Tom? Uh, twins game. There's many, many. Not the whole game, just a couple of innings. Sure. Um, was it hard? No. No. It was really, this guy sucks. I just kept doing that. <laughs> I, I listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for a while when I, was, when I was doing AM radio. It's really, I mean, it really is an art. You don't quite realize what goes into it until you're actually calling a game and it's a it's a weird you got to walk this weird line where you don't want to get in the way of the game but you also have to imagine that you know you're seeing it nobody else is seeing it they're just hearing it and it's yeah it's weird it's very weird i think yeah. i was probably terrible at it but no, I well, don't know about that. But, like, you know, and this weekend we were watching some baseball, and uh, they were talking about one of the announcers. I can't remember who he was announcing for, but they were like, can you believe that he is 87 years old? And I was like, yeah, because he's calling baseball. <laughs> there you go. Try to have that guy call a hockey game. It's never going to happen. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's too fast. Right. Far too fast. Much People, different deal. You do take, you know, it for granted when people are good at it, like basketball. Like, Tafoya was always really good at it. That's where she got her all, of, you know. Uh, basketball? Her, yeah, she did, a, she did a bunch, uh, did a bunch of basketball games early in her career. And when they're good at it, you just, you don't really notice them there. You kind of just, it, it, like you said, Chris, it kind of interweaves nicely. And then when they're bad at it, you notice pretty dang quick. I would be yeah. terrible at it, obviously. I mean, it's you guys, it's no different than what you're doing on a daily basis or what anybody who does this kind of work. Like the whole idea is that it, it seems like it's so effortless, right? Yeah, like it, it does. Just come it across does. as it's, it's just so easy for them. Maybe I'll call um, Matt Hoy. I'll call Matt Hoy and tell him, hey, Matt, I want to come in and do all nine innings of a game on the radio, but I want to do it as nine different people. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? I, I like that idea. I, I assume Rodney Dangerfield will get a inning. Get, one, right? get a little little Harry Carey. Got he's got to do okay. at least one inning. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to have Harry okay. in there. Yeah, that yeah. that would be fun. I would actually enjoy doing that. There'd be no question because I'd make a complete ass of myself, which I do I'd on a daily basis anyway. I, I'm I'm listening to that. You know, one of my favorite things about Harry is unfortunately toward the end of his career because we used to have him on once in a while. Just a great guy. But at the end, he wasn't thinking too clearly. You ever yeah. heard any recordings of him doing games at the end of his life? Bad. Oh, God. It's like, now we're in the third, fourth inning, and uh, we're having a great time here. <laughs> like, oh, God. Can you hear the ice cubes in the bottom right? of the <laughs> Yeah, well, Again, just I, maybe. I would listen to that. Like, I, you know, like, that to me, I'm in. I would listen would to yours. Great. And I would listen to his. Wouldn't it be great? Be, what the hell are they doing bringing Pagan into the game again? <laughs> Just a bitch about all the players. I would, love, I would listen to that in a heartbeat, Tom. I would too. I I would it, too. I'll, I'll call Matt Hoy. We'll get it all set up. Although I don't think 
the AM, uh, the, the, excuse me, the radio announcers for the Twins would care much for that, probably. Yeah, but that's Dan fine. Gladden, Gladden wouldn't probably care much for we'll that. We'll call it like alternative calling. We can do it right on the podcast. We can just jump on the app and listen to it. No, it's not as fun. you got to do the real game. That's what I'm saying. You'll do the game. Oh, I see what you're saying. But we'll kind of get away with we can say whatever because we'll just do it through the app. This Done. guy has no talent at all. <laughs> you Wouldn't should live stream that, it. That Why not? That would be fun. That would be a lot of just fun. Just watch the game here. I would actually just pay to have you live stream all kinds of like just regular things in life. <laughs> like like you just would sit, you, you would just watch like a feed of the grocery store and watch people going <laughs> through the line at the grocery store. The that dog. would be fun. And you'd be like, what in the hell are they that thinking? That would be a lot Why of fun. Need, like whatever it might be, I would just enjoy Tom looking at something and doing the play-by-play for, for whatever. The Westminster Dog Show. Look I at the puppy. Look mm-hmm. at that dog. What does he think? He's better than me? Yeah. He's got a fluffy tail? That dog's a disaster. It's <laughs> a goddamn disaster. There's an app that you can do this on, because Jeff Cesario used to do... Oh, yeah. He used to do this bit called Chet Waterhouse. Mm-hmm. That was so funny. It was like he his, was great. His character was like a sports reporter, but then you would watch like game five of the NBA Finals, and he would call the game as Chet Waterhouse, and then every once in a while, when they'd go to break, while he was just sitting there watching commercials, he'd be like, this break is brought to you by Riff Raff, the only boating store ran by convicted convicts. And it was always stuff. Go. It was so good. We He's should set great. that up. That'd be super fun. Yeah. It's like Leslie Jones when she would do the live streaming of the Olympics. The Olympics yes. It was so good. That it, well, I, I can get a hold of Cesario, no problem. We'll give him a call. Be, that'd be fun if you just live stream something. You know, I should probably check and see if I, I, I got to believe I still have his number. I haven't talked to him. When he comes to town, I talk to him, but I haven't talked to him on the phone in a while. But talk amongst yourselves and I'll check. Well, I mean, I think that we could easily figure out his number between. Yeah, between all of us. Yeah. Oh, I, think, I would yeah, like I, to have I'm, Tom I'm, do the play-by-play of the the KSTP Hubbard Broadcasting walking team. Mm-hmm. That would oh, be shots yeah. fired. Shots. Brittany's on. I've never met anybody so jealous of something. And that's where well, I, I don't know why that pisses me off so much. I was just walking through the cafeteria and I saw this group of people who I didn't recognize. And I just looked at them. And the first thing I thought, I was like, Oh, I bet they're on the walking team too. <laughs> Dan Seaman is killing it. The top two players on our walking team right now are Julia and Dan Seaman. Like, Okay. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, they're on our team. <laughs> Who? On, on what team? Our, our step challenge that Chris keeps bringing up because he really feels insulted that he wasn't invited. Does Seaman ever work? Yeah, while For walking. He must have like a walking desk. <laughs> it's a disaster. He's killing it in the game. Oh, he's killing it. <laughs> he's got more steps than anybody. Him and Julia. Oh, does he really? I'm mortified. I really dropped the ball yesterday. Yesterday was my first day that I only got 10,000. So I'm, I'd like to apologize to the My Walkers. I'm going to step it up today. 10,000 steps is what, about five miles? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It makes sense. So I saw these like three over here that I walked in, and I'm just imagining them like having a coffee and then let's go out and do our walk. And I'm like, it just pisses me off. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. They're more, people are more productive if you get a walk in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't explain it. I apologize to anyone involved in the walking team. It's <laughs> You're just, a disaster. We don't accept your apology because it's, it's followed by a, it's stupid and I hate it. No, no, no. I, I why would I begrudge someone of positive <laughs> in their lives? <laughs> why would you? I don't know. I don't know. know. I think we got to look inward. Hmm? Hmm? Tommy, did you do like the, when you were doing your early morning shift for so long, uh, did you kind of live the martyr thing of having to go to bed and wake up at the hours you did? Oh, yeah, it was a thrill. You can't help but get into that mindset when you're working those hours. Yeah, because you got to go to bed at 8 o'clock to get up at 4 o'clock. I mean, it sucks. It's hard. I bet Catherine just, I mean, that, that was a long a long stretch of your life. I bet she's so glad to have you like not in that right now. Not true at all. She hates it. I have to be around you more. Forget it. No, (laughs) no, no, that's not it. Listen, she obviously likes you or she wouldn't be there anymore. Well, that is very, very true. Catherine and I, I do love that woman dearly. There's no question about it. That must've been hard with the kiddos when you're. Oh God. Yes. Like, okay. That they're, especially at the age when they can stay up to like, let's say like, nine and you're going to bed before them that must have been hard the worst part of having little kids and being involved in that whole business yeah 
is you could be on the radio and the highest rated morning show in America. And I would hear my daughter at like four and my son at six years old. Yeah, he does that radio thing, but actually it's kind of cool because he's on the Monsters, Inc. cheddar cheese uh, box. Oh, he's on the commercial. Oh. He does the voiceover for yeah. the macaroni yeah. and cheese. They were impressed with that. Not the morning show. Oh. You know, with a 30 share. They didn't care about that. My nephews don't care about anything no, I do. No, they don't care anything. about Anything. I mean, there would be times where, you know, they'll listen to me in the car. It doesn't matter. The minute I fostered a pregnant dog... It was, then they talked about constantly. (laughs) To this day, they'll be like, this is my auntie. She fostered, you know, I'm like, that's not a job, you guys. You can't tell everybody, like, I fostered dogs is my job. It's just funny what kids are impressed with. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, he he told a story one time about how he he was like, his his son made him drop him off four blocks from school because he didn't want to see his, have his dad with him. And he's like, do you understand who I am? That's the reason. I am Flea. I I play to 60,000 people in arenas like like 10 times a year. Everybody knows me. People want to be me. I'm not cool enough to drop you off at school. And he's like, yeah, we'll see you later, old man. He just got out of the car and started walking. I also think, like, my family's got this, like, weird high bar because we have our my cousin Katie Ledecky who's on the Olympics. So my nephews, they'll literally be like, yeah, but auntie, are you on TV getting a gold medal? And I go, no, no, I'm not. Like, fine. Not right now, but maybe in the future. <laughs> maybe later. Maybe later down, down the line. It's true. Yeah. All right, Mr. Eggert, we got to get you back in studio one of these days. And where the hell is Hannah? Let's she's go. Maternity leave. No. How's the baby? Uh, I, I, she's posting pictures from time to time, and the baby looks delightful and handsome and cute and all that. And it makes me, you know, have fond memories of when my kids were that age. Oh yeah. But then yeah. I'm also like, remember the horror of that little baby squeal in the middle of the night? <laughs> and you're like, oh. you're like trying to get one. just a freaking half hour of sleep oh, and yeah. then you hear it coming and you're like yeah the other day i don't know if you guys will be able to relate to this but maybe you were involved a little bit but the other day i heard the noise of er, 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 and i thought back to pumping pumping alone in a room Ooh. and it was so triggering i was like i have to leave this room right now and i'm like every time i remember how much i loved the baby time i go but remember when you're manic depressive pumping alone in a dark room yep, yep. <laughs> It's a dream come true, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. All right, Chris, we will talk to you again tomorrow, Buster. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Looking forward to it. We will be right back in a couple of minutes. Sean Weber, the president of Hemp Growers Co-op, will be our special guest right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. Ready, set, summer. Hi, Judd Zolgad here. You know, the unofficial start of summer, well, it's here. Whether you're heading to the beach, the ballpark, or a barbecue, summer is more fun when you are feeling your best. Let Livia Weight Control Centers help you make the most of our beautiful summer days. Join Livia's doctor-recommended program today and get eight weeks free. That's right, eight weeks for free. You could lose up to 15 pounds or more by the 4th of July. I lost 40 pounds on this program a couple of years back, and I'm going to tell you the most important thing. The dietitians and nutritionists at Livia are going to help you maintain weight loss. We've all lost weight, right? Inevitably, it feels like it comes back. Not with this program. It has done right by me, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to do right by you. Summertime is here, and Livia wants you to make the most of it. Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit LiviaLivea.com. Join today and get eight weeks for free. Again, 15 pounds or more lost by the 4th of July. Are you kidding me? Call 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia voted Minnesota's best weight loss program two years in a row. Check them out to lose the weight. It's Tom Bernard for the Power Lodge and the world's largest Bennington pontoon dealer, Miller Marine in St. Cloud. Temps are up, prices are down. We just hit 88 degrees, so Miller Marine and Power Lodge are offering hot 88 summer deals for the next two weeks only. Get a Bennington pontoon for $28,888. And as a bonus, the first eight pontoons come with a trailer for $1,888. Finance it all for just $288 a month. Want something larger? Get a tri-tune starting at $43,888 or just $488 a month. With over 300 pontoons in stock, they've got what you need at the world's largest Bennington dealer, Miller Marine and Power Lodge. Payment terms and credit limits are subject to credit approval, so come 
Come on, it's time to get serious about your throttle therapy with this two-week deal until June 17th. Check selection at PowerLodge.com and MillerMarine.com. Hot 88 summer deals with Bennington pontoons are now at the Lodge and Miller Marine. And please tell them Tommy sent you. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Yeah, you'll all piss me off very soon. It just said someone will piss them off very soon. Yeah. So apparently it's going to happen. There's As no if... question. You got no hearing? Uh, nothing's coming. Oh, okay. Nice way to complete I the job, him. sister. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I you're Well, I wrong. could hear. I just couldn't get any audio through these. There you go. Way to go. Perfect. How about how are we doing? Perfect. We're good? Okay, I got to open up, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Weber, president of Hemp Growers Co-op, in studio with us. Now, Sean, this is going to sound a little weird, probably, but do you have a relative named Dale? I do not. Not your grandfather, not anybody. <laughs> I don't believe we have a Dale in the entire tree. I worked for a guy named Dale Weber. Man, you look just like him. So it must be a Weber deal. <laughs> must be. Some of those German-Austrian roots, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. No, Dale was the, uh, he was the president of WDGY Radio back in 1975. I went to work with him there. But he walked I'm like, damn, that guy's name is Weber. He looks just like Dale. But who knows? I'll take it as a compliment. No, it was a compliment. He's a very good guy. Very good. There are a bunch of other people I could say that you would not care for. So, you know, but you don't look like them. So that's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm not sure where this is going. No, it was a compliment. It was a, it was a huge yeah. compliment, actually. Yeah, we are dealing with a weed guy here. So we've got to be a little slower. <laughs> a little paranoid, are you? <laughs> well, I wasn't going that route. But. Sean, I've got to be honest with you. If it wasn't for THC, I would never sleep. It's a fact. I, uh, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me, and I'm, I'm sorry that it took so long for most people to get to that point where they legalized THC. Um, it's so relaxed. Well, I had a friend in it. Ryan Winkler. I don't know if you know Ryan Winkler. Very well. You know Ryan? Great guy. He's a really good friend. He brought in some of his, from his crooked beverage. Yeah, him and Christian. Yeah, really, really good. And he gave me the, the three milligram one. And I drank it. It was very tasty. Yep. And the thing I loved about it, Sean, is the fact that it just made me very relaxed. I didn't get high, no buzz, nothing. I just got really relaxed and felt really great. Takes the edge off. It does. I love that about THC. Yeah. Why did it take so long, do you think? Because of the alcohol industry? Uh, well, well, we'll go ahead and we'll put on our little tinfoil hats <laughs> and we can speculate. But, I mean, okay. I mean, recently, you would say it's 100% politics, right? It is, yeah. Um, yeah. Prior to that, you could say it was more, you know, capitalistic prevention, if you will, from the, uh, who is it, like Dow Chemical. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. If we know the story from back in the early 1900s. But yeah, it's it's all driven by money and politics. So like everything else in the world. It's like all everything money else in the politics. world. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, with everything said and done, um, being the 23rd state puts us in the progressive category. Yeah. At least we're in the front half. Yeah. If we waited three more, we would have been screwed. Yep. But <laughs> mortified. <laughs> mortified. But I mean, you you watched all those red states legalize over the last few years and you kind of scratch your head. Yeah. Like, yep. what do they know that we don't? I and, agree. And it, actually, Nolan West, uh, Republican uh, Senator Nolan West or Representative, I apologize, Mr. West, um, but he called his own colleagues out and he says, this is not a partisan issue. Look at all of these it's states not, yeah. that are Republican controlled that have legalized. And so, yeah, I mean, there's that. Yeah, we get pretty lucky because we do have people like Ryan Winkley. We talked about Pat Garofalo is very helpful in all these areas, from what I understand, which is good. Somebody's headphones are up really yeah, loud. I hear they that. Might, that might be mine. Is it yours? I didn't think it was, but maybe. It, I turned them down just in case. Okay. But no, I, I just. I, I'm glad to see we're progressing because obviously the amazing thing for me uh, in my era as a child, watching people drink like fish and smoke like stacks, apparently that was good for you. Apparently, <laughs> I was yeah. Like, what? I mean, really? Uh, seriously, you should have seen. But I was a kid. I mean, in like the late '50s, early '60s, everybody smoked and drank like madmen. I mean, women, men, all the rest of it. So had we gotten to this 100 years ago, I wonder how that would have changed our society. I've never thought of that, but that's a really, really solid point. I mean, look at what we've done. Yeah. I mean, just 
We, we've completely stigmatized the plant. Um, even with legalization, we still treat it like it's a no-no and it's prohibited. Mm-hmm. They want child-resistant tops. They Oh, yeah, they um, do have child-resistant tops. They, 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 wa- they yep. want to do um, potency caps. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, the counter-argument is, is, why do we not do that with alcohol? I couldn't agree right. more. Why don't we? Sure. Right? So. Couldn't agree more, but one of my... I, I just love these arguments. I, I, the whole situation. Uh, doing. I heard a guy, and he might have been a little high when he was being interviewed, because now uh, in Minnesota you can have up to what two pounds of, of marijuana. At home, yes, you can At have home, up to yeah. two pounds after August first. After August first, let's yes. just put that out there. <clears throat> yeah, we should put that out there. It's only, <laughs> it's only another sixty days or something. Just it's not hold that big off, a deal. Yeah. Just not even on, that long. Yeah, yeah hold off. But my favorite thing is I actually did see an interview with a kid, and I don't know how old he was. He was not very old. You could tell he might have hit the pipe a little before the interview because he said, well, I heard it was like two pounds, and do you know if I can carry that around with me? (laughs) Yeah, that's aggressive. big. Yeah. It's a big bundle, right? I'll let him borrow my baby carrier. Just right right where I can see it. Yeah, you walk around like Atlas with this thing on your back. Totally. I wanted to carry the whole two pounds around with him. Yeah, what kind of life are you living when you need that at hand at all Mm -hmm. times? I'm telling you, though, honest to God, and I made it very clear to Ryan because he was sitting right down there at the end of the table here. I said, this is going to help a lot. If we can get this through to people that this is not getting high, it's just that three milligrams, and I think they do three and five milligrams, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, the drinks, it just relaxes you to a point you just don't get all whipped up. And it's much better for me anyway, because back in the day, I tried to take some you know, antidepressants and things like that. Never worked anywhere near this well. Sure. I'm, I'm very serious. I had that crooked drink, three milligrams, and it was just... And I didn't even expect it. It just, I was all of a sudden, and, you know, Sean, we don't know each other all that well, but it's really rare that I'm in a good mood. <laughs> so, you know, it might, that might be one of the problems that I have, you know. Sure. No, um, it's great. I don't know uh, <clears throat> how many people have gotten into it in regards to what cannabis actually does when it interacts with your body, but sure. it is a multivitamin. <clears throat> yeah. Um. A lot of people are astonished when they take CBD or THC for the first time for some specific ailment. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my goodness, this stuff actually works. And my uh, reaction is usually if you were iron deficient or calcium deficient for the better part of your life and you started taking supplements, you would feel better. Mm-hmm. And this is no different. See, that's wonderful. How did you get involved in the whole thing? Um, I've been a recreational user since probably 1997. Um, what were you like 10? Uh, no, 19 at the time. I'm 43. All right, you don't look that old because I, I was gonna say that. hitting the pipe has been good for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hitting inverse, the pipe. Yeah. Uh, let's let's preface that with marijuana pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's true. They, yes. they said we were gonna have a president in here today. He walks in in a pair of like cargo shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. He's like, "What's happening, everybody?" I was like, "That's the president I want of the weed association." Right. right? Okay. What's your actual title? <laughs> so I was I was. I wasn't even elected. I was asked to be the president of the Minnesota Hemp Growers Co-op by um, a gentleman named Jim Erickson, who's been very active in politics for 50 plus years here in the city. So, um, you know, my background, I, I was um, I was working for a global manufacturer based out of Germany. Um, I was a recreational user. Uh, my company was very progressive and didn't have a drug policy. So... I continued to um, medicate, uh, but during COVID, um, I started a little side hustle for some friends and family on getting them CBD products at a reasonable price. Um, and then uh, I was let go during COVID, and I just kind of went all in on it. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not a brand; um, I'm a maker. So we like to we like to manufacture and help other small brands and farmers. So that was the value proposition that I brought to the industry. I simply create for other people. Is there a lot of growing going on in the state of Minnesota? There was. Um, I thought so, yeah. Yeah, there there was. um, There was a huge green rush, if you will, in 2019. It plateaued 2020, completely tanked in 21, 22. But 
that was pre-edible bill. So once the edible bill passed, the industry in Minnesota was completely revitalized. I mean, we went from just having standard non-intoxicating CBD products that were very niche for those wellness seekers. Um, 80% of our customers are over the age of 60. Doesn't surprise me at all. But then, uh, yeah, with the edible bill drop, um, of course, it was completely revitalized. Um, you know, now the recreational users, the, the cannabis curious, were starting to engage. And, yeah, that's, you know, where we are now. And you were at the signing, right? I was. With, so you, did you meet uh, Jesse Ventura then? I've actually met Jesse a couple times. Um, the first time I met him, we were both testifying, I believe, in the Senate Health Committee. Uh, second time I met him, um, we got to sit down for about 45 minutes and talk all things cannabis at uh, Jim Erickson's um, anniversary party here this summer. Um, and then, yeah, I actually will be uh, meeting with his team here in the uh, coming future. That's cool. Yeah. I, I use a product called You Betcha. Yes, I know uh, Ben Lipkin and uh, Neil uh, from Carpe Diem, You Betcha, very well. That's fantastic. I, and I, I'm not endorsing. I don't have – I just like it. I, for all the uh, edibles I've tried, that is the one where I take a half of one before I go to bed. I sleep through the night every single night. I wake up refreshed. So how does, the, how does it go from being grown in a field outside of Mankato to an edible that I take before I go to bed at night? What's the process? Okay, so bear with me here. Oh, um, no. This might be, oh, yeah, no. just the layman's terms. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, and not yeah. too detailed. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do, do they make it right here in Minnesota? Yeah, you absolutely can. So you, you pick a plant um, and you extract it. And you're extracting it using, let's just say we're using carbon dioxide, CO2. And what that does is it basically pulls out the oils. Um, and once you have the oils, you have your, you have your batter. Um, you can uh, you can isolate, uh, you can clean up, but ultimately you um, yeah you grow it, you extract it, uh, you have your ingredients, and then you can make whatever you want. Now there, when we when we're talking about delta nine THC and low dose edibles, uh, there is some other processes involved, but I don't want to overcomplicate it. Sure, thank you for that. <laughs> and what about like the big thing I've seen trending, and that's actually when I'd reached out to you saying, oh, how cute is the logo, um, is the is the, um, the drinks. That's a big popular thing now. Like I'm going to a brewery for a Taylor or Swift trivia night on Thursday, and they're doing exclusively drinks that are infused. What's the new, like what, are, what do you have to be aware of with that? Um, well, first off, uh, we had drinks around back in 2019, 2020. Um, I believe... Uh, Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to try to remember the name of the brewery, but the brewery here locally was making CBD seltzers, and okay. they received a cease and desist oh, really? from the health department based on the fact that you can't put cannabinoids in food and beverages. Well, what the law did is we said once you put food uh, or cannabinoids in food and beverage, it's no longer food and beverage. So that's how we made it mm. legal. Mm. There you go. Um, so, yeah, um, basically every microbrew in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area jumped on this train um what do we need to be aware yeah of, like if of I, beverages as a whole yeah like okay if i i'm somebody who i've had good experience with weed and i've had terrible experience with weed like i just need a small amount to be just fine so i'm kind of nervous to take on a new thing i mean when i do any edibles it's like a half of a half of a half as you should and so if i'm going to down a whole drink <laughs> if i'm going to down a whole drink like what what do i need to know going into that like which which acronym, like CBD, THC, and like how much? Sure. So that's a very loaded question. But let, let's just say that you're a completely new user and you have yeah. absolutely zero experience. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a good baseline. Uh, CBD inherently is non-intoxicating. However, you are going to have some sort of effects. Um, but they would be calming, <clears throat> you know, pure effects. Yeah. Now, when we're talking THC, obviously that's intoxicating. When I run into a new user, I say, take half of a half, and you can always take more. Yeah. You can never take less. Mm -hmm. That's so, so true. Yeah. So with these two and a half milligrams, I think those two and a half milligram beverages are perfect Okay. for those new users. But at the same time, until you understand the, 
like until you've done it several times over a period, like a day. Yeah. Like sometimes it takes an hour to yeah. affect some people. Sometimes it takes two hours to yeah. affect people. So yeah. low and slow until you know how your body handles it. Because again, it is a medicinal product, but we get a lot of recreational relief out of it. Um, someone mm. like me, I could drink, you know, three 10 milligram sodas right now. Um, and I would not be as affected as someone. I would, like, I would yeah. lose my mind. Yeah. I would you bring like, some with you? Uh, I do. I did bring some. So, yeah. Um, I love this guy. Yeah. Uh, I love this guy. Yeah, it, we, and this is a question that just came from Wendy. She, uh, she texts into the show. And I actually had this question as well because I took a half of a half of a half while I was ice fishing up on Lake of the Woods and I ended up on a bench for a full day not being able to move my arms and legs because really? it just blew my mind yeah but she has a question which is is there information about making edibles the dosage uh ratios available so that a person has better control of the dosage and i think you just kind of explained that yeah i mean if you're buying a product it should absolutely say what that dosage is but just because it says it on the package you need to go to the certificate of analysis all products are required to have a QR code to access the product information. There, there is a certified lab that tells you what is in this product. Refer to that. Do not refer to what's on the label. Mm -hmm. The other thing is to comment on the half of the half of the half of the half. You know, what was that base potency? Yeah. Was, it, was it a five yeah, milligram? Yeah, yeah. Did they acquire it six months ago or a year ago where it was 100 milligrams? Because mm -hmm. we need to understand, like before um, this new bill dropped, or before the edible bill dropped, I should say, there was an unregulated market to where people were putting out 100, 500 milligram edibles. Absolutely. Sure. And, Absolutely. and that's something that I wouldn't even touch. I mean, yeah. the, the biggest dose that I would take in a single serving would be 20, 25 milligrams. It's interesting you bring that up because I was just going to ask you that, so it was kind of a coincidence. I had a friend several years ago that had been in a very, very serious car accident. And they, and he went through doctors and all the rest of it. He didn't just try, you know, setting it up for himself. But he literally has to do 500 milligrams a day. Otherwise, he's in agony. And I can, I can appreciate that. Now, God. when you're stretching it out over the day, you know, right. that, that's yeah, a little that's bit different. different, right? Yes, you're absolutely so, right. So you'd be taking like maybe 25 milligram dosage every, every 45 minutes. And mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is yep. you're just trying to prolong it. But... Yep. But you also develop a tolerance. I like to tell people if you're trying it for the first time, start low and slow and stay mm -hmm. low and slow because eventually you're going to be like me and you're going to need to take more. And I'm lucky. I make the stuff. I don't have to worry about paying for it, right? <laughs> so I do. <laughs> See, that's nice. We're, we're friends now, though. So no, <laughs> there you go. You don't. No, because I, I, to sleep, I do 50 milligrams. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, 50 milligrams <laughs> wow. to sleep. Now, do you get up at night and you're like, oh, woo? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Because I do have to get up and pee once in a while. Okay. And I'm like, what world am I in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It yeah. No, we, we, I get that from some people that aren't used to the effects. They'll, right. take, they'll take THC to... Um, to sleep, and they'll say, "Well, I woke up in the in the middle of the night and I felt intoxicated." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yes, yeah, you, you will. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely will. I I just think it's terrific. We finally kind of awakened to the, and it's kind of interesting how you guys got this done and going all the way back to the beginning of getting this done, because there was so much money in alcohol. I didn't think that would ever get done because alcohol doesn't want THC around. Mm. Um, the alcohol industry. I'm yeah, so it's like most things. They needed time to understand what the market would bear so they could reposition themselves. Yeah, And right, now that they've done right. that, they jump behind it full force. I mean, the yep. Anheuser-Busch's of the world are investing in mm -hmm. uh, THC products. Smart. I mean, like I mentioned, almost every single microbrew in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area has jumped on this, you know, windfall. I think it's I think it's terrific though because of the the I wish a lot of people that I see on TV would take THC and just calm the hell down. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, is there data that shows after a state legalizes, uh, are there people that move from being drinkers to cannabis users? Is there a, is there hard because when cannabis was legalized here or at least the edibles, I thought to myself, well, I'm just going to quit drinking and just take small doses of edibles. Sure. Right. And I did that for about three weeks, and I was like, eh, I kind of like. Beer. I'm a beer guy, yeah. you know, so I went yep. back to drinking beer 
And is is there data that shows that after it's legalized, that more people move over to using cannabis as compared to drinking? I'm sure there is, but I unfortunately cannot cite anything specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do know that the use is more responsible than people would think and yeah. assume. I mean, we get, you can, what do they say, speculators or... Yep, you only do it in front of the kids and at school functions. That's the only time you do it. Yes. Yeah, it for me. Yeah, but I mean... Um, you know, a lot of the rhetoric coming out in the opposition is, well, look at what happened in Colorado. You know, traffic yeah, deaths yeah. went up, this yep. went up, this went up. And it's like, well, I can make statistics say anything, but at the end of the day, you know, no, that's not true, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're, we're seeing less um, uh, adolescent use of drugs and alcohol Good. after legalization. We're seeing Good. less um, overdoses. We're seeing uh less opioid issues we're seeing less traffic issues so this is the tom bernard morning show the tom bernard morning show streamed every morning on the tom bernard show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts